0: Hi La. Hi Sally. <laughs> Hi listeners.
1: Hi listeners. Oh man, that was a real awkward start.
0: Well, I didn't want to say we're recording, so I wanted to beat you to a hello.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well anyway, there it was. Hi everybody, welcome. Welcome awkwardly to our podcast a year ago today. <laughs>
0: We're happy to have you.
1: We're thrilled that you're here. I don't know what's wrong with me right now. Sally, (laughs) tell me about your life. What is the best thing that's happened to you since we last recorded?
0: Oh, man. Okay. I made cold brew. It was delicious. I'm having the last bit of it now. I'm going to make it all the time. Uh, I saw Moonlight, which will hopefully still be in theaters by the time that this comes out. It is. It was so good. I like cried so much.
1: I've been seeing. I think the previews for that, right? And people are talking about it all over all of the podcasts.
0: Oh, I don't know. That's possible. All of those things are possible.
1: What's it about?
0: <laughs> it's uh. It follows the story of this black boy into man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It looks really good. Really, really good. And um, I had other things that I was going to say that I've now completely forgotten, so we're just going to stick with those. (laughs) Great. (laughs) What's the best thing that happened to you this week?
1: I don't know. (laughs) I am having a really challenging period in life, Mm -hmm. and... There's so much good and it's all wrapped up in so much shit that's been really difficult. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like this week I've really come to understand what surrender is in a way that I've never understood it before. I feel like Mm -hmm. I've understood it kind of theoretically and now I'm like, oh, (laughs) -hmm. And as we know, this is something that keeps happening to me where I move from a theoretical understanding to a mm, like physical understanding
0: Mm
1: -hmm. in my body. And so, learning how to surrender this last week has been really challenging, but also really gorgeous. And another interesting thing that's come up is, you know, Sally. You've said to me in the past that, like, I realize that just my presence is a gift sometimes, or all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've also felt that this week for the first time. You know, there's something going on in my life right now where someone could look at it and be like, Tyla, you're really causing a huge problem. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it wasn't until today that I finally realized that I'm not the problem. I am the person in the situation who's no longer willing to pretend that there isn't a problem. And Mm -hmm. in that way, I am a gift. I'm facilitating healing, Mm -hmm. whether these people like it or not, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's like a deep, deep healing for myself. And it's an invitation for some people in my life to also move through some deep healing and, it doesn't always feel good but realizing that my presence is not a problem it's a gift has been a Mm -hmm. huge gift to me
0: i love that (sighs) that's a great best thing i think that will top all other best things
1: yeah i know i know and it's so funny because it's also i feel really heavy right now Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so Just like last week when I was so excited to come in and record the podcast episode and spend some time in this energy, I'm so grateful to be here right now. Mm. It feels really good. Um. Yum. Yum. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yum. (laughs) See, I already feel better. (laughs) Uh, So this week's podcast guest, uh, her name is Anna, and I'm so excited that she's here and she comes to us via Chantel who was a podcast guest uh what was that like episode 16
0: I think so 16 17 somewhere around there
1: yeah so we know Anna through Chantelle, and we're so excited to have her here so without any further ado hi Anna hi hi <laughs> I just did a huge wave with my hand while I was saying, hi, <laughs> not that you can see me <laughs> I felt it good good how are you I'm
2: good. Good. A little sleep Ah. from traveling, but but good. It's okay.
1: I feel like sometimes tired is the best way to be because it's just like, uh, what do I want to say? It's not, it's like you move through things a little easier because you're too tired to bother trying to control anything. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So maybe you'll be in a really good space for this. So before we dive into talking about your anniversary in specific terms, I'd like to invite you to take a minute and close your eyes and really go back to a year ago today, all the things you were feeling and breathe into that. And then once you feel like you're really there and really grounded in the memory of that energy, please share with us in one word how you were feeling.
2: Concerned.
1: So a year ago today, Anna was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. And it's not something I know a ton about, but it's something that she's going to tell us more about. But from what I do understand, it seems like concerned is probably exactly the right way to feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. So, share with us what was going on for you a year ago, okay, when you received that diagnosis
2: um well, basically, what had happened is in like less than a year, I'd gained about thirty thirty five pounds um and I'm a pretty active, healthy person, so it was really alarming to me um, but I didn't go to the doctor as soon as it happened because I was working on a production at, earlier in the year and it was really long hours and I don't, wasn't sleeping as much so I was like maybe it's you know just stress and then um, I was also on antidepressants at the time which notoriously are known to cause weight gain so once I tapered off those very very slowly um, and the weight wasn't moving I was like okay It's time to go to an endocrinologist, um, which is a specialized doctor who can treat PCOS. Um, and I'd always been kind of suspicious that I had it because I've always had to be very, very disciplined with, um, not just eating, um, I can get into a little bit more, but PCOS can affect your energy so i've always been a little bit lacking in that and um i've always had like a lot of facial hair just every year um that i got older just more and more were propping up on my face and anytime i really talked to a doctor about it they kind of dismissed me because i didn't really present as at the time as like a textbook Version of this syndrome. Um, So yeah, so I was at my endocrinologist, and she had run blood work from the week or two before to look at my hormone levels, and basically, I had high levels of testosterone, which is an indicator, and I my A one C. Um, was not very good. It was, ba- I was basically borderline pre-diabetic, um, not not yet pre-diabetic, but like a fraction away. Um, so, mm. she put me on this medicine called Glucophage, which is an insulin sensitizer. Um, and the hard part about getting a diagnosis was. Um it took me a few months to feel better because I had to kind of taper with the right dosage of medicine and I ended up gaining like another 10 pounds so that was like 45 pounds in a year. Um wow. and it was like I've always been very very body positive and yeah. even when I was a teenager which is like so bizarre, but I just was hmm. very body positive. And so it was almost like I was going through puberty at, <laughs> at like 28. Mm. <laughs> wow. um, so yeah, it was, it was, and I was really, when I said concerned, um, what was really concerning was that I was having a ton of fatigue, fatigue to the point where I didn't want to walk to the subway Cause I was so tired, like fatigue, where I was doing my Pilates workouts that I normally do. And I couldn't finish exercises I've been doing for six months. Um, and my first, this was my first endocrinologist. She said that I said, well, does PCOS cause fatigue? And she said, um, no, which is not true. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, oh. um.
2: I was also having my thyroid evaluated because I did come back having um, some thyroid antibodies and thyroid growths. Um, but according to kind of the western understanding they're just kind of monitoring my thyroid because a lot of the symptoms of PCOS and hypothyroidism can be very similar um and they actually really influence each other um but that's not really a western medicine understanding either hmm. so by the time i got to i was very fortunate i a friend of a friend um recommended a really great endocrinologist to me who when i met her i felt very safe with her um which is really hard to feel safe with doctors because I've had a lot of bad experiences, and you know I've had gynecologists dismiss me um, in the past for thinking I had this. So it was really important to really feel like someone was listening to me. And um, yeah, she she was like, "You have you have fatigue because you're insulin resistant. So basically, my body's just not processing sugar properly." So it's like I'm taking in nutrition, but my body's not doing anything with it. So I'm, like, gaining weight but also feeling tired. So none of that nutrition is reaching me. Um, Mm -hmm. But luckily, a few weeks into taking the right dosage, um, I was, like, had energy again. And I was like, Yeah. (laughs) yeah best news so yeah and started losing weight um started losing like a pound a week which was great it was very encouraging (laughs) because you start you're you're really restricting yourself and you're not getting results and at at one point I would just see people eating bread and I would just get so angry because they'd be like (laughs) They would look fine and normal and healthy. And like, I'm like <laughs> eating a salad and still feeling like crap. So,
1: <laughs> you get to that point where you're like, I don't know what more I can do.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh,
1: there's so much coming up for me over here. I. Oh. <laughs> can I share some of what's coming up? Yeah. I don't know why I'm asking to like say <laughs> <in> my show. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just feel really tender right now and like I just feel like we live in this world where we're like asked to walk around pretending like things are okay when they're not. And where even when we say like, Hi, there's a problem here, it's so often ignored. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, (laughs) again, listeners, this is not planned. (laughs) Um, I wasn't expecting this to come up for me, but I had a very good friend who passed away. And she went to doctors for months saying something is wrong. Something is wrong in my body. This is how I feel. And she had, she said, you know, I feel like my uterus is too big. Like there's something wrong with my uterus. It feels like it's too big for the space. And she had so many doctors tell her that that was impossible and that she was fine and they did the normal things and couldn't find anything wrong. And, you know, months later, she kept pushing and pushing and pushing and finally someone took her seriously And she had cancer growing on the outside of the nerves all around her uterus. Mm -hmm. And she was dead within six months of being diagnosed. And it's just like... (laughs) I have someone else I care about right now who's going through a health thing. And she keeps going to doctors and going to doctors. And no one can figure out what's wrong. And it's just like... I admire so much the ability to keep going, even though people keep telling you that <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you or that they can't find anything wrong with you. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, but I know how I feel in my body and I don't feel okay. And, like, what do I have to do to get someone to listen to me? Mm-hmm. Ugh. I don't know. I'm sorry. This is happening in my emotional life right now, too, where it's like, you know what? I'm not willing to ignore the problem. And I don't care... How hard I have to push to be heard because mm-hmm. it's real.
2: Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. I think I'm done with that. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> it's really important in female health care um, because women are often told they're crazy or mm-hmm. it's their emotions or you know, the two things, the two drugs that women are thrown all the time. I used to always laugh that if you went to the student health um facility they you as a woman you would walk out with birth control because they just thought birth control would fix any problem. Mm-hmm. And it was well, like you They're like it's hormonal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah our hormones are huge and I think that's actually something that doctors are learning more about um, but it's women are very very dismissed for their problems
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, I mean even if you look at period pain um, you know it studies show it cramps can be as painful as a heart attack mm-hmm. and I believe that I have really that. painful cramps I don't know. Why isn't there something that they can give women more? I I don't know. It's like. Well,
1: and further than that, it's like we are taught to believe that that level of pain is totally normal, you know? And it's like, suck it up. Deal with it. All women go through this. But I know for a fact that not all women feel the kind of pain I feel when I have cramps. Mm -hmm. And it's like this. And it's like, it's this weird thing that almost like gets inside my head where I was like, is there actually something wrong with me or am I being melodramatic? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But you can't really ignore that level of pain.
2: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: This is going to sound unrelated, but it's really present for me right now. It's so funny how we then like internalize that and take it to other areas of our life. We had... Um, last night, our, our kitchen sink was like, the water was not draining. I can't wait to see where you're going with it. (laughs) And it just like kept bubbling up and like kept coming up and I was like, okay, well, this is a problem. And they were like, okay, whatever. We'll send somebody tomorrow. Today, the guy comes to look at it and everything is fine. It does not, there's nothing happening. Nothing is wrong. He did all of the things that I had done to see if there was a problem. And when I had done it last night, it was not going down. The water was not draining. But this morning, everything was totally okay. And I caught myself when I was like typing to Justin to let him know like, all right, well, the guy is here. Everything seems fine. Like he's been running this water for five minutes. He think he must think that I'm crazy. And then I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Why would he think that I'm crazy? Like, where did that come from? And I had to like stop myself and delete that and then like examine why I was thinking that. But I hadn't like thought about it until just now because it reminded me of like every time that I've gone to a doctor or told anyone that something is wrong and they've been like, um, I don't think that there is. And I think you're fine. <laughs> like you can go home now and me being like, oh, crap. Okay. I guess I must be crazy. Or like that person must think I'm so crazy now.
1: Well, you know so, what but... I think it is? Because I think it goes to like the sink or like when you take the car to the mechanic or when you go to the doctor or when it's an emotional issue. I think what it really comes down to is these people are not having the experience that I'm having. hmm because because they can't seem to see it I'm going to let them completely invalidate what Mm. I know to be true Mm -hmm. and it's like I'm finding that you know standing in your truth (laughs) when everyone else around you is like I don't see what you see (laughs) Mm -hmm. is so challenging and I'm also finding that if you stand in your truth hard enough and loud enough and emphatically enough, people stop being able to ignore it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anna, how long had you known something was off in your body before you were able to really get
2: the support that you needed? Um, I think looking at it, I caught it pretty fast. Um, with the symptoms being at their worst, probably six months. Um, but I'm really, uh, what's the word? Just, I'm not going to stop till I get the answer. Um, Mm -hmm. but I probably would say two years of being suspicious because Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I went to my physical with my doctor and was like, I'm just always tired. Like, can you just look at everything? And Mm -hmm. I went later (laughs) on and dug up those results and I did have PCOS, um, like my... If you're um, FSH and LH, there's a ratio. And if you have that ratio, you most likely might may have PCOS. And I, I had that ratio and my testosterone was borderline high. It wasn't out of range, but I mean, considering the things I was complaining about, I had the facial hair. So like you can definitely mm-hmm. see that this was happening two years mm-hmm. into before it went kind of, I call it haywire. Um, So yeah, um, but I, and I feel like it's also important to talk about this. Um, When I was 22, I had idiopathic pelvic pain, um, which is when there's no source of the pelvic pain problem. So it was my senior year of college and I was in basically pain for six months like you have like period cramps pains but constant oh -hmm. my god and you know when I got in college at the time was like maybe it's endometriosis let's do a laparoscopy but I didn't really have any of the other symptoms of endometriosis and eventually I got into the hands of urologist and the urologist was able to help me but then when I moved to New York a few years later, um, the pain came back, and um, I ended up doing uh, pelvic floor physical therapy because basically what was happening is just like you kind of get like a tight neck. Like I just have tight a tight pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. basically, it it cured it cured me, um, and you know that's very vulnerable to go to a physical therapist and have them work in your pelvic floor. Um mm. I but I feel like I'd already kind of experienced what it's like to be a woman and saying I have this pain, I have this pain and um mm. not getting answers, so I think that kind of helped me really be a little bit more vigilant about it. Um mm. Yeah. But there's this whole world of physical therapy where like a lot of women, when they have babies, they have a lot of issues after they have kids because it, you know, birth is beautiful, but it's traumatic in some ways. And, you know, this is a resource that women can use to, you know, not have as much urgency when they need to use the bathroom. Like that can be huge. Like that can really change your life. You always have to use the bathroom and you're always having to disengage. Um, So, yeah, I think that and I was a history major and I focused on social history and kind of how women's bodies have been viewed was something I always studied. So Hmm. like, you know, with they used to think women were hysterical because they had hysteria. They thought their uterus wandered around their bodies. So there's this kind of, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, <laughs> there's this history of saying, like, women's bodies are crazy. Women's bodies are yeah. problematic. Um,
1: so you, and the feelings they feel around their bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So sometimes I'm like, I think I was kind of like the perfect person to have this disorder to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, it, and another thing, PCOS kind of overlaps, um, uh, gynecology and endocrinology. So sometimes like n- neither field really wants to claim it. So it's kind of a no man's land. So mm-hmm. sometimes people aren't as interested in it and something I found to be a huge issue was when I was looking for resources, you know, everyone was talking about infertility and the last thing I really wanted to think about at like 28 was that, you know, I might not be able to have kids and there is, it can make it harder. And some women, a lot of times women find out they have PCOS because they're trying to get pregnant and Mm. they can't get pregnant. Um, But it was, I just wanted to talk about like the fatigue and like dealing with the weight loss and it was hard to find those sources because everyone was just talking about how they can't have kids in these forums. And I I know, and that is heartbreaking, but it's also like, I don't know how some of these women have kids if they're so tired from the PCOS, it's like that would, I wouldn't want to throw newborn into like my fatigue situation but it really resonated with me on a spiritual level because i felt like my life at the same time was not like being fertile so i felt like i might have this thing that might make me infertile and then i also did not feel fertile in my life wow that's a huge connection
0: Mm
2: -hmm. well so basically i freelance and tv and film post-production so I have periods of working and not working so I was really able to just really take time to take care of myself when my last job ended and I had this really funny thing happen where I kept getting the same bill from like a lab for one of my blood tests and I just like I by the end of a couple months of not working I had all these the same bill which was like $25 but at the time I just ignored it Mm -hmm. because like Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to deal with it and then a few months later I it's almost like coming out of a hibernation I was like okay now I can deal with this bill and I can deal with life and Mm -hmm. I was like started kind of judging myself because I was like I think the bill actually went to collections and I got like the collections notice. And I was like, well, why weren't you on top of this? Just telling myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, other things were more important. You know, this stupid $25 bill is so menial compared to what you've been doing. Really just mm-hmm. resting and working out and feeding yourself and just having fun and not, thinking about all the stuff you just went through
0: mm-hmm. oh that's so funny this weekend I had I got my period and I was like not more nauseous than usual which like sometimes I get nauseous sometimes mm-hmm. I don't but I was like so nauseous that I just kept crying because I was like if only I could just throw up <laughs> and like so that this can go away um And I ended up like I tapped and I napped and I felt better and I had work to do that had like accumulated over the weekend because I was like going to do it the first day. But then I got my period and then I was going to do it the next day. And like then I felt worse. Um, And I felt so guilty for a moment because I was like, well, now I need to like feed myself and like shower before I get to work. And I had this moment of like, well, that's silly. I have to I have to do my job like I have to get to work. And then I was like, I'm being absolutely ridiculous. Like I need to like spend time with myself and like then transition into this other thing. Like I cannot just leap into this other thing. So I'm just, I don't know. You said that about like taking that time for yourself and it's it's really easy for us, I think, to overlook the importance of that. And so I just, ugh.
1: I mean, the same exact thing has been coming up for me. I feel like the last week and a half, so much has been going on in my emotional life that I have done literally nothing that was on my to-do list. And it's like, I feel so far behind. And at the same time, I really have released a judgment around it because I cannot judge myself on top of all the other shit I'm feeling <laughs> right now.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Totally.
1: I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I guess what we're saying is just how much we commend you for, yeah, for taking care of yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. That $25 bill again.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think it definitely was influenced by others around me to really, mm-hmm. you know, my mom was very nurturing and telling me to take the time. And I had many friends that were telling me to take the time and my partner. And, um, one of my close friends told me something that really helped me shift when I was kind of in a dark space about the whole diagnosis and all the weight gain. And she knew me before all the weight gain. And she was like, Anna, you know, like I've always admired you because you're so body positive, And I think it wouldn't be fair to you, like who you are if you weren't that way anymore. Um, And I just really took that to heart and was like, also, I can't heal myself if I'm hating on myself. Mm -hmm. Like that's creating negative energy. And I can't, I'm not ever going to feel better if I just tell myself negative things all day. And so, I don't know, I think that really helped. Um, I think there's definitely a level of, when you let go of that, you're, you, you're actually physically lighter. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I think the important thing to say is that that applies to every kind of healing. Mm -hmm. I am wondering if the PCOS diagnosis, this is kind of a broad question, but how did that affect in a larger sense, kind of the way you inhabit your body and the way that you
2: move through the world. Well, that's a really good question. Um it was really dramatic how different I felt in my body. Um I would say it wasn't until August of this year that I actually felt like I was back in my body. It was almost mm-hmm. like I was an alien. Like there was an mm-hmm. alien inside me and it wasn't me because I felt so different physically. And I think that's because that's how I I encounter the world. I'm a very physical person, like through touch and through exercise and through dance, like that's just a way I really connect to things. So I think for me, it was, that was really something that affected me. But I remember like being in a workout class and like just, Like, my body not able to do what it was able – that it was used to do because it just wasn't the same size. And, like, when you're heavier, like, your leg is heavier and it's harder to lift. Um, Mm -hmm. Or, like, if you go shopping and, like, what what size you normally wear doesn't fit anymore and, like, kind of how you're starting to view yourself and how you dress yourself and you take yourself out into the world. Um, And even, like – even – Okay, so this is another thing. I'm like a very naked person. <laughs> I love being naked. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm, you know, I grew up in South Carolina and yeah, the, the, they're, all they're all naked down naked there. In South obviously. Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> like beaches and pools and like um so I'm a very naked person and like at one point in it like there was months where I was just always in clothes like no matter what. Mm. Like and I remember when I started taking off my clothes again and being like, oh, I'm getting naked again. Mm. And that was another point where I was like, okay, things are getting better. Like, there's progress. Um but that was that was really bizarre. That
1: can I ask about sex?
2: Yeah. Um so I don't think this is something that there's articles about or if there is um, a lot of studies about it, um, but you <laughs> tell us, girl. Okay, so, like, people sometimes say, well, if you have PCOS and you have high levels of testosterone, then, like, obviously you're going to be maybe, like, hornier because you're, like, a man, which I think is, Kind of a sexist comment because I, <laughs> I think oh my god they're like PCOS it's like Viagra for yeah women. I think men and women it varies your sex drive varies person to person but I think when your hormones are not balanced you don't have the same type of sex drive like there was mm. I mean when I was on antidepressants for a short while I did have sexual side effects with them but then when I went off like I couldn't orgasm. And that was Mm. never a problem before. And I was almost like, couldn't feel, like, you literally just couldn't feel anything. Just.
1: That's so scary. And that was one
2: of the reasons why I decided to go off of them. Um, But, and that felt like that. The whole world felt like that. It wasn't just sex. But Mm. with PCOS, it wasn't as dramatic as when I was on antidepressants. But I definitely, like, as my hormones got more and more balanced, like, I enjoyed sex more and I don't think it was just like I was I felt skinnier and more sexy it it was it was more than that it was definitely there was a hormonal component where I just didn't it didn't feel the same and I don't think no one talk no one talks about that I think I found one article that kind of touched on that um
1: why does no one talk about that it seems so important I mean I guess women's bodies, women's health, women's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like it's only important to half the population of the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think it goes back to like you thinking that it's only your experience. Cause I remember my friend Kim, she had, um, some health things right after she had her first baby and she was struggling to find information about this. And like, she had worked for parenting sites and parenting blogs. And so you would think that it would be this like super easy, like, oh, I can just tap into this community over here. And I remember her feeling so alone and like, not connected to other people because she was just struggling to find information. And I think it's like, because people think, oh, it's just me. So then they don't reach out to anybody else. And then when a new wave of people come out, then they're like, oh, there's nothing that exists about this. Either this must be just me or nobody's talking about it. And so I don't even know what to do now.
1: So I must be crazy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I'm so frustrated.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think female sexuality is, you know, still kind of taboo. American culture. I just bought a book called Tao Tantric
1: Arts for Women. Oh. Oh, Just okay. on the on the subject of female sexuality. Because you know what? Like, a lot of people may not be talking about it, but there are some people who are. And, like, I am interested.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I think it's crucial. Yeah. I mean, as someone who has felt like my sex life was not the same because of my hormones, um, who always found sex to be very empowering, it was, mm. like, crushing for it not to be the same for me. I mean, sex to me has always been a very sacred space. Um, Again, like I'm just very physical. Like that's how I experience things. So to kind of have that taken away was really difficult.
1: Well, it's so funny. I just grabbed that book and opened to a random page. I was like, I'm just going to (laughs) see what pops up. (laughs) And I think it's perfect because I opened Chapter 5 called The Jade Fountain, Cultivating Your Yoni, and it says the yoni is an interconnected web, a source of pleasure and creative power. It is our wellspring of sexual energy. And I think the reason that talking about female sexuality is so important is because there's so much power for us in that energy that has nothing to do with sex. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. The source of pleasure and creative power. It doesn't just say the source of sexual enjoyment. Yeah, pleasure and creative power. And think about like that extending to every area of your life.
2: Yeah, there's a really good book by Naomi Wolf uh, called Vagina, and <laughs> <laughs> good good title, classic. And <laughs> she basically had some weird injury where it messed up a nerve in her back called the or maybe it's at the root of the sacrum and it's called the punindal nerve and this nerve affected how she was experiencing sex and she felt this huge block in creativity um she's a writer Mm. and she set out to write a whole book about it and she ended up getting surgery um by a special pelvic floor surgeon specialist in new york and everything came back but like one of the biggest things that was a light bulb to her was like I'm having sex with my partner and it doesn't feel the same and I don't feel as creative and this is a problem Mm.
1: yeah I 100% believe that I feel like lately I've been more inspired than I've ever been in my entire life and also my sex life is better right now than it's ever been in my entire life like
2: for me just experientially there's
1: no denying the link between those two things know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why it's so important for us to like fight to get the help that we need when something is wrong with our bodies mm-hmm.
2: yeah and it's like even with what I went through with my pelvic floor pain it was like now I feel like I see articles about it all the time but when I was going through it in college there was nothing about it and so it's like funny mm-hmm. how you know there's just you know Sometimes the research is not there, like the source isn't there yet, but, you know, enough people do talk about it. Um,
1: yeah. I'm wondering if you, I mean, obviously I know you're here talking to us about it right now, so brava <sighs> to you. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you've felt compelled to talk about this and to be vocal about this in other
2: ways. Um. Yeah, I've always... Really had a passion for women and what we go through and everything that kind of has come up in my history has made me feel more compelled to, to kind of be an advocate in some way. Um, I'm not really sure what that is. I try to just do it in my friendships and, you know, be there for my friends who go through the things they go through. But you know, I've always thought about maybe doing a documentary. There's not a lot of female health care documentaries. There's like the business mm-hmm. of being born. and there's like after tiller, and then there which is an abortion one. and then there's a lot of it centers around, again, like fertility and babies. There's not so much I haven't seen anything that's like what is the day to day? Stuff That really affects yeah. women's lives.
1: Well, and it's really interesting because again, you know, you talk about women's healthcare, and I feel like so much of women's healthcare is have does have that emphasis around fertility, and it's like the subconscious message there is like, unless it affects your ability to reproduce, we kind of don't care. Yeah, totally. No, absolutely. Because you're here to be a mom. And to make babies, and that's your job on this planet. And it's like, okay, but what about, like, the other, you know, like, 75 years of my life when I'm not making babies? (laughs) Like, what about those years? Don't those years count? And doesn't the way my body feels matter Mm -hmm. during Mm -hmm. that time, too? You know, like, I don't know. I'm feeling starting to feel really riled up over there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just like, I've been having this experience in my life in this last couple of weeks where I feel like I'm just standing here being like, I matter. I matter. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. have to look at me. I'm here and I matter. And my experience is real. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like maybe that's something that a lot of women are stepping into right now because the conversation does seem to be shifting.
2: Yeah, and I think a huge thing is, like, um, I remember over the summer I was getting really upset because, you know, of all the catcalling that happens in, in, like, urban environment in the summer, you're wearing less clothes. And I just got so mad one time, and I wanted this whole rant on Facebook because I just kept getting this message that, you know, like, women, we don't own our bodies like everyone else thinks they own our bodies whether it's politicians Mm -hmm. or it's the man on the street who's yelling at you or it's like the healthcare the way it's set up just no one I feel like women have to like constantly reclaim their bodies like there's just yeah to be like
1: I am sovereign Mm -hmm.
2: and like I mean I anger is something I definitely have to like I have to work on, I get, I'm a very fiery person and I confess her and I have to really not hold on to it too much. And that's really challenging for me because I do get really riled up about something. And then if I keep holding on to the anger, then it just like goes into my body and that's not good. So having to work on ways to kind of notice it like notice the injustice but not let it overtake me
1: I wonder that's been coming up for me this last couple of weeks too in terms of like feeling the feelings and it's like the more I can learn how to actually lean into the feelings is really intense obviously but then as soon as I let myself really 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 feel it it's almost like it's it's over and I can move on to the next thing. And it's so funny. The other day, Matt said to me, he was like, I like, he was like, your mood is changing so quickly. Like you'll be bawling one second and then you're cracking up the next. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I think it's about like learning how to really, really let the energy move through you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Which is a challenging thing. Like conceptually, it sounds pretty
2: easy, but in practice is scary and challenging. Right, and if you think about, like, growing up as a girl and, like, how you're taught to handle things, like, I don't think I was ever really, and I think I came from a very, like, pro-female environment, but I don't think I was ever really taught how to process my emotions. And all the other messages around that is that um, you just have to, you know, bury it deep. Like, you shouldn't process Mm -hmm. it. Like, get over it. Like, oh, you're just a girl. You just, you're just feeling emotional. It's not, that's not real. And so you just think there's no wonder that we grow up and we're like, what do we do with all of this?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, well, and also not only like, what do we do with all of this? But I feel like I had gotten to a point about a year ago where I was like, there's not room inside of me for anything. (laughs) because I have stuffed so much shit in there Mm. that I haven't wanted to look at and feel and deal with. And now there's no room for anything Mm. else. And I was at this point where I was moving through life and I was like, my life is so wonderful in so many ways and I'm not feeling happy and I'm not receiving the joy that's here for Mm. me. And it's because I was full. I was full of all the stuff I had never allowed myself to really get intimate with Mm -hmm. and feel and let go. I don't know. I think from an outside perspective, probably I seem a lot more volatile now because I do feel my emotions and I feel them intensely and I am no longer into hiding them regardless of what that looks like or who it makes uncomfortable. But at the same time, I feel so much more stable, Mm -hmm. which is this incredible paradox I don't know. I think everyone around me is probably like, Tyler has lost her mind. And I'm like, I feel great, guys. (laughs) (sighs) What else? Anna, what else is present for you right now?
2: Well, it's not so much about me. I do, I really feel like, like, I really feel like it's good that you're processing all of that and that you're kind of like, I'm woman, hear me roar. And I think, (laughs) I think you shouldn't feel crazy, you know? I think maybe because I listen to the podcast and it's like, I listen every (laughs) week and I feel like maybe that's something I've been hearing a lot from you. And I just think it's Mm -hmm. like, it's beautiful that you're embracing all that. And I don't think you should beat yourself up about it.
1: Thank you. I really received that and it's that is its own journey, you know, to mm-hmm. to hear myself roar and to not be afraid of who I'm going to scare away and just trust that there are people who are going to like my
2: roar. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um this is kind of a funny but also cool story. Um so last week I was in East Village and I was visiting a friend and um I really I don't know what it's called, but it's one of those metaphysical stores. And I just felt like, Oh, I really need to go in there. I'm like I didn't go in before, I was like, I need to meet up with my friend, but after I left her, I was like, I really need to go in there. So I went in there and just like hanging around looking at things. And um this lady came in she was talking and I, I felt very like attracted to her energy, and she was talking about, oh, you know, she was kind of recently coming into Simone gifting of hers, and so she looked at me and she said, I really feel like I need to tell you something, and Ooh. I'm really into that <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, and sometimes you know, it's not always from a good place, but I really felt attracted to her. So I was very receptive and she, you know, she talked to me and she was like, you really need to stop worrying about losing weight. And I literally started crying, uh, not, well, I didn't literally cry, but in my head, I really felt like I was going to cry because it resonated so strongly with me. And I almost felt stupid in the moment that, that was like the big revelation she was telling me, um, because it carried so much weight. Like, there was so much negativity around the weight I gained and the struggle to lose it. And um, I was kind of – I was really happy to receive the message, but I was also kind of, I can't believe this is the thing I'm getting so emotional about. But that was, like – that's been such a huge thing in my life. I was expecting her to be, like, this is your life calling, blah, 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 like, to me to have that kind of reaction. Yeah, and she's, like – it's going to come off, you know, like don't worry about it. Like you're worrying about it. And I was like, ever since she told me that I've been rethinking how much of my day I do still spend thinking about it, even though I think I've gotten so much better about not worrying about it. It's still taking up so much of my head space. Um, Mm, Yeah. And so I'm just having to keep every time something comes up, just kind of like, let it go let it go um that was really cool um but I thought it was really interesting that uh, this person told me that and it wasn't anything like oh you're the next Dalai Lama it was like you need to (laughs) stop worrying about losing weight
1: (laughs) (laughs) well I mean it could, it's equally profound. No, I, and I know that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's so funny because it's like the kind of thing that you could totally blow off. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, and I guess I didn't explain that, but PCOS does make it hard to lose weight because your body doesn't really process carbs the same way everyone else's body does. Um, so basically, when you have sugar in your body, it pretty much goes straight to fat. Um, and you're, yeah, and then you also have higher levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So when you have higher stress hormones, you your body, in a natural fight or flight way, holds on to fat to, sit, you know, preserve you. Um, another really important thing is also PCOS can increase your chances of having anxiety and depression, which. When I initially went to the doctor two years, two, two and a half years ago, I was like, I'm tired. You know, I was having depression. And it's, there's something to do with the hormonal balance and the high levels of cortisol. There's just, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. So it can just kind of throw you out of balance. And so you're at higher risk for those mood disorders as well. Um,
1: which is incredible because it's like, well, if you don't already have anxiety and depression simply based on a reaction to your symptoms. that right. <laughs> also, like, chemically. Right. It's more likely. Right. Well, I, I want to know how you feel now. Because it's obviously not something that you are, like, clearly on the other side of it's an ongoing thing in your life that you're still navigating and still figuring out how to hold in a way that feels okay so
2: how are you now i i'm not on the other side that's a good way of putting it but i feel like i'm over the mountain like maybe i'm Mm -hmm. on the downslope with this thing um and i've tried to really look at what it's taught me, what it's given me. and i definitely more days i'm like oh, screw this. like and go to the more negative space, but um i do think in one way it made me really connect more with women um even though i've always been really passionate about women and what we go through i have a lot of hurt from way friends have treated me or how girls have treated me when i was younger um Mm. and i really found finding female space was a really important thing to kind of explore what's going on with me physically and what's still going on with me physically and emotionally um for instance there's like I do this one workout class that's, um, has been class in the water and um, it's just women. And that was like kind of my first experience. I was like, Oh, I like kind of just moving with women and mm-hmm. no one can really judge me. Like, and I never, I always thought that was kind of weird at gyms how sometimes they had women sections and men's sections, but then <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel safe here. Right. But in the past, like I would say, I did not feel safe in women mm-hmm. like environments. I felt very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um so in some ways it's enabled me to kind of like go there and find deeper friendship with women. Um So that's been one of the good things.
1: It's pretty cool that something that is so specifically a medical issue for women has helped you heal your relationship to women
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah I I you know I would like to say that it's all hunky-dory now um, mm. but I think... I definitely feel over the hump. Um, I mean, just a few weeks ago, I went back to my endocrinologist because I was like, I have these bouts where I feel like I kind of have the flu, but I'm not sick and my joints ache and I'm really tired and I can't do anything. And then I'm fine, which is kind of a Hashimoto's thing, which is a thyroid thing. Um, and, of course, all my blood work came back normal. Um but I'm going to see an integrative endocrinologist, which they, they usually will take things a step further than what just kind of run-of-the-mill doctors do. Um, mm-hmm. Because I still think there there's something going on with my thyroid. But it might not be something that like, oh, you need medicine for this. It might be, okay, maybe you look in your diet. Maybe you need this supplement. Maybe you need to fix Mm -hmm. your gut health. Um, Mm -hmm. They really look into like Mm -hmm. the gut and how what's going on there affects your body systemically. Um, But yeah, what was interesting was when I found my second endocrinologist in January and she felt my thyroid, it felt inflamed. Then once my hormones balanced, my thyroid wasn't inflamed anymore that was mm-hmm. kind of cool
1: it's all connected I'm learning mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that you're going to an integrative in endocrinologist next I feel like
2: integration is a step <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like unfortunately that's just usually if you have something chronic it's just where you end up because you know just your average doctor can't, can't do um, what an integrative doctor can do. And I've never really been to one, but, you know, one of the things I've done to treat my PCOS is I've been doing acupuncture. Love it. <laughs> it's really great. Um, for the first five months of having the diagnosis, I did it weekly. Now I've been just doing it, like, once a month. And it really helps. And even I saw my endocrinologist and was not feeling so great. And then I went to my acupuncturist and he was like, Well, if, you know, in a few weeks your energy's still low, just come back. And it's just nice like having someone be like, just come back, you know, like we can help you. Yeah. Um instead of oh, you're fine. Everything looks great in your blood work. (laughs) And the thing about blood work is it's kind of bullshit. Um, (laughs) um, you're basically being compared to everyone else in the population and a lot of people that get blood work are sick or are old or not your body size Mm. or your height or your like DNA makeup. And there's not a lot of, don't know if this is 100% accurate, but I don't know how much research goes into, oh, this is the optimal level for this. I think a lot of times right. they just take an average. Because um, I had, mm-hmm. like a like, a partial lady beard and my testosterone was not showing off the charts.
1: So, we just had a little bit of technical difficulties. <laughs> and we're gonna just keep moving forward now. So... <laughs> If you wanted to know more about how blood work is a sham, (laughs) (laughs) you can probably Google that. (laughs) Um, In the meantime, Anna, I want to invite you once again to close your eyes and take a deep breath and feel into how you're feeling now about everything that's happened since a year ago today. And share with us in one word how you're feeling. Hopeful so much better than concerned Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not that we're putting judgments on things (laughs) but and if you could speak to yourself a year ago today from the woman that you are now what would you say to her
2: um that to just be patient and you'll figure it out Mm -hmm.
1: That That seems like a life lesson (laughs) for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, this is completely unrelated, but can I tell you something? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lately, I've been having this experience where every time I'm about to get frustrated that something's not working, and usually with technology, instead of getting frustrated, I'll take a deep breath and I'll decide to try it one more time. And every single time I've done that, it works. I love that. That's just like the same thing. Like, just be patient. It's going to work.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Oh. oh, my gosh. Anna, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so openly with us about about all you've been through.
0: Yeah, I loved this.
1: Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Is Anna sharing social media? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> okay all right hang on then i'll ask you the question anna if people want to find you on the internet where would they do that
2: um i'm on instagram and my name is anna Babel. <laughs> it's anna with two that's N's. the best It's <laughs> the best name <laughs> <laughs> and i did do a makes- a 30-day posting in september for PCOS Awareness Month, so I have like, ah. if anyone is dealing with that or has a friend dealing with it. I had like little daily posts with like information. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's I found social media to be really helpful when I was mm. dealing with everything. So it was something I kind of did for my September. I love it. Yeah.
1: Love it. So, if you want to hear more or if you need some support around this, you can find Anna on Instagram. And, Sally, where can the people find you?
0: They can find me at Sally Simply on social media or at SallyMercedes.com or at UnmutedExpression.com. Where can they find you?
1: TylaFowler.com and Tyler Fowler on all the social media. All Yay. of it. <laughs> and we're a year ago podcast dot com a year ago podcast at com if you want to send us all the emails <laughs> <laughs> oh boy it'll
0: make us really happy
1: and if you like our intro outro music you can follow Zena hell
0: z-y-n-a-h-e-l some, <laughs> some places yes <laughs> on facebook twitter. instagram and twitter oh and soundcloud
1: soundcloud <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> all right that's it we love um, you thanks for we listening love you.
1: thanks so much for listening Bye. Bye.